Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network. I am your host, Casey Hudson, bringing you top NHL headlines, hot topics, and most importantly, Stanley Cup playoff best bets. And without any crazy headlines today, we're going to get right to Casing the League, starting with a congratulations to the Florida Panthers, who have stamped their ticket to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1996. And in sweeping form. I mean, what could be more exciting? Now, while the Canes are probably still in dismay and denial as to how they got swept or not swept, if you guys have seen the post-game press conferences, the Florida Panthers celebrated their faces off and decided they were going to touch the Prince of Wales trophy because they're not going to bring superstition into this, which I highly respect and love and just adore. We talked about it yesterday on Case in the League. Something that makes this team so special, something that makes this team so exciting to watch is just their composure, their confidence, and yes, swagger. You got to throw a swagger in the mix there. They're not sitting there carrying superstitions around. They're not even listening to the haters or the doubters, and they're getting a real kick out of showing people that underdogs can do big things, or should I say undercats with that dog in them? I don't know. Let me know you guys' thoughts. But all of this to say, let's take a gander at the team that somehow have fought their way to a Stanley Cup final and what their stats were, what this perspective was heading in to the playoffs. We know that they were the last sitting seed. They had 42 wins, 32 losses, eight overtime situations. They were ranked 17th in the NHL, 3.51 goals for, and this one's the one that blows my mind, 3.32 goals against. Yeah, it gets better. Their power play was uh, at a 22.8%. Their penalty kill was meh, at a 76%. And a lot of the praise has to come to this guy right here, Sergei Barbowski. First of all, shout out to Hockey Analytics, who just put out the best numbers, helping keep things in such crisp perspective. But the Canes couldn't get even strength stuff going on. And you look at the Bobcat statistics for his 99.1 save percentage on even strength. And his lowest save percentage from all these saving angles is a 94.9%. This guy's game just went to a whole different realm come playoffs. And I think that that just goes to show that regular season is regular season, but playoffs is a completely different category and league of its own so big shout out to the Florida Panthers who just completely turned around any doubt and any hate and any sus situation that they were proving to be in regular season versus playoffs now you can't have this praise you can't talk about the Florida Panthers without talking about the highlight real player and of course no doubt here, the highlight, highlight real player has to go out to Matthew Kachuk regular season 40 goals 109 points plus 29 Round three alone, two overtime winners, as we saw, one game-winning goal assist, and he had the game-winning goal last night in the sweep. His playoff statistics sit at nine goals, 21 points, and a plus 10. Offense is always generating with this guy on the ice. And I'll say this, a large part of it is the line that he gets to play with. Um, I don't know if you guys caught the last episode of Casing the League, but I was talking about the fact that Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett, and Nick Cousins is the most productive line for the Florida Panthers. But when I got a chance to sit with Cam Rogers on his show yesterday, asking what that difference may be between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers and potentially the Panthers getting that sweep, I was saying that being able to watch a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning so closely and having such a high, 
high admiration for John Cooper and his coaching structure. Coop doesn't mind throwing his, his lines in the blender to try to find those sparks. Not a lot of teams do that. He's one of the top coaches in the league to do that, if not the only coach. But here's the thing. Being on home ice and knowing your players and having that instinct and intuition with them is where you can kind of create different little looks and sparks. And we saw that. Reinhardt, as well as London, were rotated through three different lines yesterday. And what that does is that helps create not only the spark, but it helps put out different looks so that you can open up other players for success. And I think that that also helped open up the Kachuk line for success, as well as the Verhage line, even though Verhage played on two different lines last night as well. So kind of swinging things back here to Matthew Kachuk and talking about that top line that he's on with Sam Bennett and Nick Cousins. They have a 71.43% high danger chance. They came up with five high danger shots in last night's game alone with nine shots on goal and three shots against. This line has obviously great for checking all three of these guys are pretty strong in the two-way playing column and I think that's also been a huge asset for Matthew Kachuk if he's being selfish and taking the goal it hits if he's being unselfish and making that extra pass it's helpful he's been such a constructive leader for this Florida Panthers team and of course you have to admire the guy who says round one we're not done yet and he's proved that game by game by game and he had a bit of an emotional post-game moment you saw it all over him I know we all joke about his dad being the Johnny drama, but he's honoring his dad in so many ways because his dad wasn't able to be in a Stanley Cup final or lift the Stanley Cup. And now he's getting that opportunity and that chance. So now Kachuk gets to kind of throw his family on his back and do something to create a legacy, a further legacy for his family. Because it's great to be another generation hockey player in the freaking NHL, to say the least. But to be able to make it to the Stanley Cup final and to make history for your franchise it's a whole nother level. I will say this. The funniest part, too, was when he was talking about his dad and he was raving about the fact that this is such a beautiful moment for his family. He kind of softly, softly alluded to like, oh, my brother plays in the NHL, too. We know who your brother is. Brady Kachuk is the one of the youngest captains, if not the youngest captain for the Senators. And that was such an honor and conversation when that happened. So and I, it, not that it was a dig, but it was just funny how it was kind of like, a. am not sure if you guys are aware, but like my brother plays, too. Like, no, we know. Brady Kachuk has been great to watch, and he was a pain to play against for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I will say that I got to see that too closely firsthand. Now, with all of that said, obviously your MVPs being Sergei Brabowski and what he did between the pipes and how he just progressed round by round by round to come up so strong on even strength, let alone to be able to manage rushes. And I saw, I put it on Twitter that you kind of saw that page turn and that switch flip in the second round because the Toronto Maple Leafs were averaging about over five um, rushes per game and they had like three goals off of the rush so their highest production came off of those big moments and and in creating those rushes and Wabrowski got such a hands-on lesson on how to manage that so I feel like that also made the Canes an easier team to handle so it's going to be interesting to see what plays out for the Hurricanes I will say this it's so hard to see Rod Brindamore um you know, torn apart after that loss because I just love and respect him so much as a coach. And there's a lot of guys on that Canes team that deserve to be moving on, but they just didn't have it. You got to be the complete package. And again, something else that's working so well for the Florida Panthers is just their composure, their swagger, and they're outplaying their opponents. When it comes down to it, they're consistently outplaying their opponents. And so also something to mention when it comes to Matthew Kuchuk and how well he has led this team is if you were paying attention to him throughout the regular season and just going back to that 109 points that he picked up, he just 
turned a different dial on after All-Star Weekend. I mean, the guy came out putting on a freaking clinic. So if there's anybody that deserves to be talked about and uh, looked at a bit closely and just kind of recognized for his efforts and his guidance with this team, it is Matthew Kachuk, obviously why he got highlight player of casing the league. Now, this all takes us over to the most important thing. First episode of Casing the League, we talked about the Stanley Cup odds. Carolina Hurricanes at that plus 225. Florida Panthers at that plus 330. Vegas Golden Knights plus 260. And the Dallas Stars at a plus 310. There is a sweeping opportunity on the line tonight with game four between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. Of course, Florida Panthers already in that plus 330 value. Now, who will be next? Of course, I'm leaning towards the Vegas Golden Knights because the Dallas Stars, I just don't think, have the composure or the capability honestly to to make such a grand comeback uh yesterday we talked about the four teams that made that zero three deficiency comeback the maple leaves the flyers the kings and the islanders and the dallas stars just are not looking like that team uh too much inconsistency between the pipes i'm hoping that wedgwood goes in tonight just because it's just it's been too much with ottinger and they they can't put themselves in a position to put anything at risk um we might find out that he's been dealing with something injury prone whatever after the fact, but big game on the line, no margin for error, no risk factor, because they're not going to get the reward if they take the risk. They're just not in a position to do so. But just wanted to jump back to these Stanley Cup odds um, as we get ready to find out who the next Stanley Cup opponent will be. Now, game four, Vegas, Dallas, things to consider. Uh, Vegas has been 11 and three through 14 games and their top producing line, Barbashev, Eichel, Marcheseau. Now, what makes them the most productive line throughout this playoffs? It's because of their nine goals, 63 shots and 29 high danger shots for where Dallas is sitting at eight and eight through 16 games. And their most productive line is Robertson, Pavelski and Hintz. What makes them the most productive line? Six goals, 50 shots, and 20 high-danger chances. Now, they do tie with another line. And, of course, that would be Jamie Benn's line, who was not in the lineup after he collected that two-game suspension from that stupid cross-check to the face on Mark Stone. But it would be Johnston, Ben, and Dadunov. Now, Dadunov went down with an injury last game, and he is listed as doubtful to be a part of tonight's game. Ben being out with that two-game suspension. Um, I think Hintz got a little banged up too. So you're looking at this team still playing down a couple of forwards. And when you compare their productive lines with Vegas's productive lines, Vegas edges them out by about three goals. Um, shots, I mean, 13 more shots, uh, nine more high-danger opportunities, and three more goals. And that's going to be crucial for a team who doesn't have the strongest goaltending at the moment, or at least it keeps coming in inconsistent. They're not that strong when it comes to their defensive game. Um, they have skilled players, but they're not the strongest two-way players either, where Vegas Golden Knights stack defensively. And one of their defensemen is the top guy on the team for assist as well. So they also have accountable offensive defensive men that can jump in on the play too and help out and track back and make sure that they're handling their D zone to play well in front of Aiden Hill. So a lot of things kind of stacking up in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights, which leads us to the most important question at this moment. Will the Golden Knights sweep tonight? That almost sounded like that Lion King song for a second. And no, I will not break into song. Um, we'll find out. 8 p.m. puck drop, and that will lead us to the most important part of the segment. 
What bets will you cash in on? What will you case and what will you cut? If you are new to casing the league, uh, cashing in means you like the bet. You and I are vibing. We agree. This looks good. It's doable. Casing it means you got to check it out a little further. You got to Google some things. You got to ask some questions, phone a friend, whatever. And then cut it means you're not vibing with it. You're not feeling it. You're not going to take the bet. And that's totally fine too. So as we head into cash it, case it, cut it, and best bets for the Western Conference final game four with an opportunity to sweep by the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, we're going to stick with that top productive line. Uh, I mentioned it a couple episodes ago here on Case in the League. Jonathan Martesso showed up for me when he had that hattie, but then after that, every time I banked on him, it was just kind of meh. You know, close but not close but no cigar. But uh, with a big game four on the line and the expectation of your top players stepping up and consistently following through, I'm just going to double down on some previous bets that I put on throughout the series. So let's get it going. First and foremost, Ivan Barbashev over a half a point at a plus 125. He had three shots on goal in game three. He has five goals, eight assists, and 13 points, sitting at a plus 10 throughout playoffs. And look, I like a guy who's pretty successful in the face-off circle, especially if you can generate shots off the face-off circle. We saw this work well for the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think the Vegas Golden Knights can kind of draw off of, uh, something similar like that and use face-off success to their advantage. Although Dallas Stars are the stronger team when it comes to face-offs, sitting at a 56.4%, I believe. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights have more consistent players with face-off success in the circle. Taking us back to what I mentioned earlier, I can't get enough of Jonathan Marcheseau. Anytime goal at a plus 165. Again, sticking with this line. He has seven playoff goals, and he now ties for top goals on the team with uh, William Carlson and Chandler Stevenson. All three of these guys sit at seven goals. Marchi also has 13 points throughout playoffs. and. He was the leading power play goal scorer throughout the regular season. So whenever they end up on any power play situations, you can look to this guy to potentially get the job done. And I just like the work that Marchie's been putting in. He's been exciting to watch. If you saw any of his career with the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Syracuse Crunch, especially the Syracuse Crunch, don't ever count out those AHL statistics because those things tend to take off for these guys in the most opportune moments. And I think it's Jonathan Marchesso's time to shine. Now, heading over to Dallas's bench and hope. I'm doubling down on Tyler Sagan. I had him last game. There was a lot of good looks, about two scoring opportunities for him on the power play. Rather than making it a power play point, I'm just taking the over half a point at a minus 105 here. He's had 11 shots on goal throughout the series. Four of his five playoff goals are off the power play, and Dallas has a strong power play at home, sitting at 29.6%. So even though this last game should not be talked about, just like Baltimore, um, we're going to go back to the statistics that we were looking at heading into game three, the hope that we had to hold on to heading into game three and um, give these guys some credit. So Tyler Sagan, especially if the Dallas stars are going to continue to play down a couple of forwards. Again, we're trying to figure out what's going to go down with um, Dadanov and Heinz or not Heinz. I'm sorry, guys, Hints and um, some of their other guys. I mean, Pavelski was pretty silent uh, in the last couple of games as well. So with, them needing forwards to step up. Tyler Sagan's got to take that tap on the shoulder. I mean, look, he didn't get that fat eight-year contract a couple of years ago to be running in the middle of the herd here. Like, he's supposed to be one of their top guys, and this is a moment that his team is going to need him, and it's just a half a point. So, come on, Sagan, get that half a point for us to cash in on. And then moving over to another person who has been all reliable 
or new reliable because he's so young. Jason Robertson, anytime goal at a plus 120. Three points in this series alone, had a number of scoring chances as well. He could have picked up two assists on two potential Tyler Sagan goals, but I won't go back into that whole spiel. And uh, he's got 15 playoff points sitting in second place below his buddy Rope Hintz, who has 22 points and uh, topping Connor McDavid's uh, success. So what I like about a Jason Robertson anytime goal is the fact that when you got to get creative so that you can get some lucky bounces, you got to kind of draw pressure off of your top players. Rope hints and obviously his point production makes him a top elite player. And you're going to need Jason Robertson to draw some pressure off of him and create some chances, maybe get those lucky bounces in himself or pick up some solid assists. But I need him to get on the scoreboard today because I'm being selfish. Um, and he's part of that most productive line. Robertson, Pavelski, and hence are the most productive line for the Dallas Stars with six goals for three goals against. Again, not the strongest two-way players, but still. Um, and then whenever they're trying to switch things up in the rotation, Tyler Sagan goes into that center position, replacing Pavelski. And even then they have three goals for and three goals against. But Jason Robertson is a part of every mixture that this team tries to throw in the blender, which puts him at a higher rate to potentially get that anytime goal. And then last but not least, Let's take it between the pipes. Aiden Hill for the Vegas Golden Knights over 28 and a half saves at a minus 105. He's coming off of that 34 saves shutout, sitting at a 0.94 save percentage. And this is my favorite 1.96 goals against six wins, one loss playoff record thus far. And look, you got to love a good underdog story. Uh, I will admit, I didn't know it was going to take place when Hill got the tap on the shoulder to play between the pipes. And I think he's been crushing it. Last time I did, a goalie, goalie parlay or a goalie best bet between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars, it completely tanked. Ottinger failed me. Hill failed me. But this time I'm feeling a lot more confident because Hill has been put to the test and the Dallas Stars are going to try to increase their shot volume so that they do not get swept tonight. They're going to have to piece together 60 minutes of hockey, but they're going to have to have that first strong period because they do not do well making comebacks. They were 0 for 4 heading into game three when trailing after the first period. They did not level the scoreboard in the first period, and that led to their further demise of falling apart. Of course, heading into this game four, they are 0-5, obviously, when trailing after the first period and finding zero success. So for a team that's probably fully aware of their own statistics, such as they're going to come out and try to get on the goal, get on the board first, and they need to get on the board first if there's any chance of us pushing to a game five. So let me know you guys' thoughts. Which of these five bets will you cash? Which of these five bets will you case? And which of these five bets are you cutting? And I will say this. For that over just half a point, we're on a bit of a streak here at Casing the League. So if there's one thing you can trust, it's that low standard. And typically, these guys having the ability to hit under. Uh, is it risky to double down on guys sometimes? Absolutely. But I'm feeling good about this. Game 4 energy is just a whole different vibe. And um, that wraps us up here on Casing the League. Nice quick episode. Just breaking down best bets, breaking down the success of the Florida Panthers. And I want to hear from you guys. What do you think the chances that the Florida Panthers end up lifting that cup at the end of all of this? Is it their year? And is this a lot more because of the reverse curse of the President's Trophy? Because we're seeing a theme here. And I know that this team doesn't want to talk about superstition or invite superstition in, in any way, shape, or form. But I'm very curious. Do you guys think that this is the reverse curse where they just do to finally make it back to the Stanley Cup final since 1996? 
And uh, I'll throw this up one final time just to remind you guys of what the odds were heading into all of this. Carolina Hurricanes are at plus 225. They're out. Florida Panthers plus 330. They're in. Vegas Golden Knights, probably the next team in at a plus 260. And the Dallas Stars at a plus 310. Um, between letting me know you guys' thoughts on the Florida Panthers making it to that final. Also, I want to hear if you think the Dallas Stars can make this egregious comeback that it will be necessary for them to make in order to make it to the Stanley Cup final or will we see the Vegas Golden Knights? And I got a chance to talk with Cam Rogers yesterday on his show, which was such a pleasure, but he mentioned to me that, you know, a favorable matchup was the Florida Panthers taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. And I completely agreed for a number of reasons. I think some people feel like, the Florida Panthers are just going to take it and the we the west the west is this uh weaker opponent but i don't think the Vegas Golden Knights are getting enough credit for the fact that they are such a young franchise i mean they just did their expansion 4 5 6 years ago so they are still in the new end and they are new in comparison to the Florida Panthers who are 30 you know 29 30 plus years old also something to keep in mind is i've said it redundantly i get it but for anyone new tuning into Casing the League here on Believe Network, the Vegas Golden Knights have about six, seven guys who have already won a Stanley Cup. And if there's one running theme that most of us in media discuss is that that experience, that veteran experience, that Stanley Cup experience that comes in big in these key moments. Also, they're not not producing over there for the Vegas Golden Knights. Look at their goal four tally for starters. And then on top of the fact, I think they're a pretty consistent team from top to bottom. They've got guys that can score um, and they can do that through about six different scorers for starters. Then defensively, they stack up quite well. They've got pretty big defensemen too. So to see the physicality of the Florida Panthers going against the uh the stoutness and the strength of the Vegas Golden Knights defensemen and their defensemen can get involved offensively, as I mentioned earlier. So I feel like the comparison here is actually going to be a lot tighter than we're giving credit for, but obviously in different ways, you know, both of these teams perform very differently. So I'm anxious to see how this goes. And where does Sergei Rowski go from here? Where do his statistics go from here? His lowest save statistic angle is at a 94.9%. That's just wild to think about. Can he continue to increase his statistics and his success? And Aiden Hill, an ultimate surprise, or at least he's a surprise to me. If you followed his career long enough to know that he was capable of this, congratulations to you. This is all very new to me um, in terms of what he was capable of. And I'm psyched to see it. And I think Vegas has made a couple postseason runs that just fell short because they didn't have the full package. And I think they have closer to that full package now. So they have experience on their side, guys who can score, pretty stout defense, um, consistency between the pipes. And then you got the Florida Panthers who are really just having freaking fun playing hockey. But again, they've got scores. They've got the physicality element going for them. They have an offensive defensive man in Brandon Montour, and then they've got Sergey Robowski. So hit us up over on Twitter at the Sports Case K A S E or on Casing the League K A S I N G the League, and of course always follow at Believe Network to not only stay up to date on all brand new Casing the League episodes, but to also check out all of the other great shows covering all the sports. Until next time, guys. I'm your host Casey Hudson, and thank you for joining me here on Casing. <laughs> Thank you.